Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. All right. Well, I just have to say I am deeply impressed with all of you kids. You did a very, very good job. Give him one more big round of applause. Now, what do you think, what do you love best about Christmas? Spending time with my family. Oh, I love it. What about you? I like, I like my mom and dad because of Christmas. Awesome. I love that. Let's see. What do you like best about Christmas? I like seeing my family. Look at this. I like that. What do you like best? What do you like best about Christmas? Spending time with my family. <laughs> I, I, I'm, catching, I'm catching a theme here, all right? What do you like best about Christmas? I like being with my family. Okay, all right. Other than being with your family, which I know is, is awesome, what do you like best about Christmas? Celebrating Jesus' birth. <laughs> so well-trained. And uh, all right, one back here. Everything. That's it. Perfect way to sum it up. Hey, why don't you give these kids one more big round of applause and... Uh, Preschoolers can go. Now, elementary kids, I need for y'all to stay here with me for just a second because I need to talk to you. If you're elementary kids, I need to talk to you. Now, listen, I'm going to have you guys stay in here with your families. So what, what you'll need to do is I've prepared for you a worksheet. Now, it's not like homework. It's not like schoolwork. It's more fun. And this, this little sheet has some questions on it. And I, I'm, I've, I've got these ready for you. So all you have to do as could someone bring the a lectern up here? Because I've got like five things in my hands here and I don't know quite what to do. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Boom, boom, and boom. And will you take this? Thank you. All right, gotcha. Now, here it is. This is a little sheet that says Rejoice Jesus is Here. It's a children's activity sheet. You guys see, see this? Now, y'all are to take this and fill it out. Why don't, you, why don't you give these to some of your friends over there? And why don't you give these, these to some of your friends over there? Help me hand them out. And why don't you give these to some of your friends? Make sure everybody has one. Now, you have to fill these out because I, this is stuff I'm going to be talking about during my sermon. And at the very end of the service, you guys are going to bring these back up here to me. Did everyone get one? Yeah. Yes. There you go. So you got to bring them back up here at the very end. And then I'm going to be over here at the major prize box. And I have the key to the lock that's on there. I'm going to let you inside. You guys got to get a couple of fun things out of that box at the very end of the service. Sound good? All right. Take your papers. Head on back to your seats with your moms and your dads and your brothers and your sisters and your grandmas and your grandpas and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm glad to have these children in here with us today, aren't you? All right, all right. Well, why don't you turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew 1, 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. You know, Christmas is a time to rejoice. I love it that we sang so much about rejoicing. We talked about joy today, and that's really what it's about. Because hear me well, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what's going on, joy is is critical, essential, it's even foundational 
to being a Christian. And that's why we get accused so often of just being way too happy. But the problem is, it's not that we're all happy, it's that we have joy. And I love that. And I will take that any old day. People can criticize me. You have a lot of joy. You know why? I have joy because of Jesus. I know what it means to rejoice. And so today's message is entitled, Rejoice, Jesus is Here. Now, rejoicing isn't some kind of phony happiness. It's, it's, it's not like attempting to, uh, to cheer yourself up. It's like, okay, I'm gonna be happy today. No, it's actually not that. See, what we learned last week is that joy is rooted in the past with a hopeful expectation for the future. And so today we rejoice because Jesus has come on the scene. And uh, we're gonna take a look at this passage in our Bibles right now. And boys and girls, I want you to be following along with me. Get ready because I'm gonna be saying things that are the the answers to many of your questions that are in there. Now, we're looking at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and it says this, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As I was preparing this message, I remembered uh, memorizing little portions of this. In fact, and I, that's one, one of the reasons why I love having our children up here reading scripture and memorizing scripture. It's so important. I'll tell you, boys, uh, boys and girls, it is so important that you not only learn about the Bible, you learn to quote the Bible. Because uh, I, I was... I was Back in, it was 1971, because I remember where we lived, and I remember what was going on at the time. I had to memorize Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter uh, 1, verse 21. And of course, it was from the original King James Version, but it says, she shall bring forth a child, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I still remember it today. And I remember my brothers rehearsing it with me over and over, saying, you're gonna stand in front of the whole church and say this. You can memorize it. You can do it. I worked for weeks, and I finally got it. And he shall save his people from their sins. But as, 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 that, as that, that got into me, I just began to think, wow, there's something interesting here because his name and what he is supposed to do is attached with his birth. And originally this, this whole concept came together in this dream that, uh, that Joseph was given. He, Jesus was to have this name, you know, Jesus, which, which would have been, the angel would have said the Hebrew name, which is Yeshua. Now, Yeshua it means this. It means Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of God. That is the official name of God. That was the name of God that was, uh, that was given for that the very, very, very beginning. Yahweh is three things. He is salvation. He is restoration and deliverance. So hear me well. When people would say there is Yeshua, 
they would hear in their minds the definition, especially because that was the culture at that time. They would always think of the definition, not just a cute little name. You know, today people might name their names, name their kids, you know, like like a car name, okay? Hey, BMW, you know, okay, well, that's nice. But, but, but back in those days, people would, the, the names of a child had everything to do with the meaning or what, what, was, what the purpose of their life was. So every time people heard Yeshua or Jesus, it meant they heard this in their, in their ears. Yahweh is salvation, restoration, and deliverance. And, and, and please understand, Jesus is here, and he is revealed now to Joseph in this dream, and that, that meaning begins to take shape. And, and you think about those three words. You think about salvation. Jesus came to bring salvation, which he is taking us, forgiving us from our sins. We are saved forever, my friend. The second one is Jesus who brings restoration. He takes the broken places of your life and restores and brings healing. And the third thing Jesus does is he brings deliverance, which means he drives out hell. He drives hell out of your life, and he drives every demon force that's against you out of your life. That is awesome. Now, now in verse 23, the angel also said, he, the angel quoted a scripture from the book of Isaiah saying that he is also Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? Emmanuel means God with us. God is here. God is now. Really, if you were to condense all of the words of Christianity uh, in, into three words, I, I guess the best way to put it is God with us. God with us. You know, a lot of times at Christmas, we tend to focus on the infancy of Christ, and, and I like that, but, uh, but so often we forget about the importance of his deity, that God is here. God is here right now. This promised baby was actually the omnipotent creator of the universe, and he came for a reason I remember I had a Jewish friend call me, a Jewish uh, a rabbi call me a while back and says, you know, I'm, I'm reading in the scriptures, that I, I see that it says at the beginning there was God, but it's plural, and I don't understand why it's plural here at the very beginning of Genesis. What do you Christians believe? So we believe that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the three, were there at creation. They created. And so now the creator of the universe, Jesus, he is now coming into he now becomes a part of the creation. That's actually unbelievable, but it happened. And he did it. He came into this world for a purpose. Now, when I was a child, I had some wonderful teachers in our Sunday school. Oh, my goodness. We had the best kids' church and, and Sunday school teachers. And I loved them because they would teach us good things. But one thing I remember, that there was this one teacher that would teach us this and would say it every, almost like every Sunday. But the, 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 uh, the line was this. And see, this is why I appreciate children's ministry because we're instilling truths in children that are going to pay off 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. But, but the, this, this teacher would instill this in me, would ask the question to the kids, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come as a baby? Why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come? And we all had to answer it correctly. And we would say it in uniformity, unity unison, unison, yeah, sorry. Uh, they would come together, we'd say it in unison, we'd say to, to die for our sins, to die for our sins. See, Jesus knew 
that when he entered this world, that it was not just to come and show up as a little baby. He was to be the final and ultimate sacrifice for our sins because the old way of the sacrificing, God was done with it. He said, I'm ready to end all of that. Now we just need to have this one final sacrifice and it was Jesus. Jesus came to die for the sins of the world. He knew it and he came willingly and he was more than glad to do that. And it all began at this moment of what we call incarnation, when Jesus became his flesh, carnation, that, that, that incarnation means you become flesh. And so, so he became one of us. And the reason God came to this earth in the form of a human was because the truth is, it was to die for our sins, but there would not be salvation in his birth. I, I appreciate the birth of Christ, but there's no salvation in that. There is no salvation in the sinless way that he led his life on this earth. It didn't have redemptive form, uh, any uh, redemptive form on its own. No, there had to be something more. As flawless as Jesus was, he couldn't rescue people from their sins just by being born. Even in his teachings, Jesus gave the greatest truths that this world has ever heard. But those truths and that teaching couldn't save us from our sins. Whenever we take Jesus and we just say, well, he was just a little baby or he did some great teaching or he did this and that, what you're doing is you're minimizing the fact that he is God with us. He came for a purpose. He came for a reason and that was to die for our sins. See, there had to be a price paid for our sins. Do you realize that, that if Jesus had not come to die for our sins, the penalty would be upon you you would have to die for your own sin. There would be eternal punishment. And for example, people who do not receive Christ on this earth, they are, they are set up for an eternity in hell because they have to die for their own sins. But unfortunately, you know, they, they just made the choice to not do so, or maybe they never heard. But we make that choice. We make the choice to let Jesus forgive us of our sins. And someone has to pay the price for the sins. Are you going to let Jesus pay the price and accept his forgiveness, or are you going to pay for it yourself? And the only way that would work for someone else to pay the price is it had to be a sinless person. And so Jesus was that, and only Jesus could do it. See, Jesus... Jesus came to reveal God to mankind. He came to teach truth. He came to fulfill the law. He came to uh, teach us about his kingdom. He came to teach us how to live. Jesus came to teach us about God's love. Jesus came to uh, bring peace. Jesus came to heal the sick. Jesus came to minister to the needy. Jesus came to drive darkness and demons out of people's lives. But all of that stuff, even put together, is not his ultimate purpose. In fact, I was thinking that really he could have done all of those things without ever coming in the form of a human. Because in the Old Testament, there are these moments when it says the angel of the Lord appeared. Whenever you see that in the Old Testament, called the angel of the Lord, that literally means the Son of God. That is what's called a theophany, Jesus Christ appearing on this earth before he was born. So that's God coming to this earth in an angelic form, and he comes, and he could have done all of those wonderful things through these, these manifestations of coming to this earth and, and doing these things and not having to be born as a, as a human. But there, there's a greater reason. There's a, there's a greater purpose in everything. Jesus came into this world to die, 
to die for our sins. So hear me well. The celebration of Christmas, it's incomplete without realizing why Jesus was born. Those soft little hands, they were fashioned by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. But they were made so that nails could be driven into them, so Jesus could pay the price for our sins. His tiny little soft pink feet, again fashioned in the womb of Mary, those feet would one day stagger up a hill, carrying a cross, and those feet would be nailed to that cross. That sweet little infant's head with his sparkling eyes, it was fashioned so that a crown of thorns could be pressed into his head. His tender, warm body wrapped in swaddling clouds, it was there for a purpose, and that was to, be, to have a Roman spear driven into it so his body could be crucified for our sins. Jesus was born to die for our sins. That was his purpose. And his death, even though it was devised and it was carried out through a lot of evil intentions of, of, of some religious people and the, the Roman Empire, in a sense, it wasn't a tragedy. I remember when I first got hold of this principle. And kids, I, I loved doing this when I was, when I was a kid. I, I think part of it was I was a pastor's kid, so I just kind of like knew this stuff. Uh, maybe it just kind of happened because I was living in a pastor's home. But I would, I would try to stump my friends, and I, w- I would ask them the question, are you sad because Jesus died? And I would, I would ask that question. I, I don't know why I would try it. Would, and every one of my friends would always, yeah, so sad that Jesus died. I was like, well, I'm not. And I don't know, it was like a little shock thing I would do with my friends. I'm like, oh, what, are you like a pagan or something? No, I'm not sad that he died for my sins. I'm, I'm not sad that he died because I'm happy because I get to go to heaven because if he wouldn't have done that, and so I would like teach a little lesson. They'd look at me like, what are you talking about? And, oh, that, was just, that was just me. But, but now I can do it and I can put it into a sermon and say, I'm glad Jesus came to this earth and I'm glad that he died for our sins. See, he was born to die for our sins. And, and I, I, it is fully appropriate for us to recognize the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the right thing for us to do. But it is the greatest victory of all when Jesus wrapped up his earthly life by, by giving his life as a sacrifice for our sins. See, his birth was just the first step in this amazing plan that God was unfolding for our own redemption. See, the, the, the triumph of Jesus, the triumph of Christ is his sacrificial death. And that gives meaning to his humble birth because should he not have died, was he only a great teacher, there would be no reason to celebrate Christmas. It's like he's just another kid that was born, right? So you can't really celebrate Christmas without celebrating what Jesus did for us. So in this season, we choose to rejoice. To rejoice simply means this. To rejoice means that we have joyful expectation of our future hope. We rejoice because of his sacrifice, we're reborn. That means we have this future in heaven. We rejoice. Again, 
You might be feeling terrible. You might have gone through some rough stuff. You might be in a tough spot right now, and you may not feel happy, but you can rejoice because there's an eternity set up for you. Thank God for that. You're going to be translated into the presence of God. You're going to be with his angels forever and ever. See, Christian joy, it's all about faith and hope and the power of Jesus' love. Joy today because Jesus is right now here. Even he is present through his Holy Spirit. God is here, present. He's, he, he's here in this room right now. Why? Because we've carried his spirit in in our own bodies. And when we come together, there's this, there's this magnification of the presence of God. Have you ever noticed when a lot of Christians get together for worship, you can just sense something, you can feel something? What is it? It's not just some emotional high. It's not just some little rush. No, what it is, you're feeling this concentrated power of the Holy Spirit. God is here. God is present. God is here. Therefore, we rejoice. So I have this challenge for you, for every boy and girl, for every mom and dad, for all of you. The Christmas challenge is this. Will you, in the middle of whatever you're walking through, choose, it's making a choice, choose, choose to rejoice regardless, regardless of your circumstances. Will you do that? I'd like for every head to be bowed for just a moment. Will you just lock yourselves in with the Holy Spirit and, and if you will just, Listen to his voice right now. Listen to him. What is he saying to you? Because before we go into a time of communion, it's really important that you, your life is right with God, that you've given your life to Jesus. And really, it would be a tragedy for you to be here and to not receive Christ today if, if he's not the Lord of your life. So here in this Christmas service, I just want to ask you, are you, are you wanting, are you desiring for your sin to be forgiven? Are you wanting, are you desiring to be in eternity with God? It will make Christmas all the better because you'll truly be able to rejoice regardless of what's going on. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand so that I can see it and then I'm gonna pray for you and I, 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 you're gonna pray with me and I, I wanna connect my faith with you because you're gonna give your life to Jesus right now. If that's you, you're ready to give your life to Christ. To count three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Pray, pray this prayer with me, church. In fact, congregation, pray this as well as an encouragement to those who are giving their lives to Jesus right now. Let's all pray this together out loud. And if you lifted your hand, mean this with all your heart. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. I give my life to you. I turn from my past and I refocus my life in a new direction, serving you. Thank you for coming to this earth and thank you for dying for my sin. In Jesus' name. Take a look at me. If you prayed that prayer, you're part of the family of God. In fact, the ushers are, are coming right now, and they're beginning to serve communion elements to every single one of you guys in this room. 
As I serve the elements, please hold on to those communion elements until everyone has been served. And then we're going to partake together. While you're receiving those, those communion elements, I, uh, I, want to, I want to remind you of what the two elements are. One represents the body of Christ, which is the little bread, <laughs> a little wafer represents the body of Christ. The other represents the blood of Jesus, which was shed for our sins. The body of Christ and the blood of Jesus. And we are grateful for what God did for us on the cross. We're grateful for what he's done for us. And so we take these communion elements with gratitude, gratitude in our hearts. And I also believe there's a release of the supernatural when we do this. Because Jesus said, before he left, he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I don't want you to ever forget. Why do we do communion at Christmas? So we'll never forget why Jesus came. Jesus came to free us and to forgive us for our sins. He came to die for our sins. That's his purpose. And we'll never, ever forget that. And we will never water that down. We will never make that some little shallow expression. No, this is serious business. If you've not yet received elements, please lift your hand. I want to make sure every, okay, we have several people who get to receive elements. Let's just make sure that everybody gets served. Please keep your hands up until they, they've served everyone. And what I'd like you to do is to, is to please stand all across this room and go ahead and, and remove that top portion and take the, the wafer out. Because we're, we're about ready to partake of the body of Christ in gratitude and thanksgiving for what he's done for us. Jesus, we thank you. Come on, church, pray with me. We thank you for your body. We thank you for your body. We thank you, thank you, thank you for your healing power. We thank you for allowing your body to be nailed to the cross for our sin. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. And we take this in remembrance of you on this Christmas service saying, thank you, Jesus. We will never forget why you came to this earth. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the body of Christ. We also take the cup, which represents the blood of Jesus Christ that flowed from his body. And we take this in gratitude for all that he's done for us. For our sins that are forgiven, guys. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Your past is erased. It's as if you have never sinned. Can you get that into your mind? You may remember the sin, but, but Jesus can't. God cannot remember it. It's forgiven because it's washed away through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is powerful. Lord, thank you so much for shedding your blood for us sinners so that we could have our sin forgiven, so we could be cleansed from all of our unrighteousness, so we can serve you with whole hearts. We give you praise for this. We give you thanks for this. And we do this, Lord, right now in remembrance of you. Thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for giving your life for us and your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Please partake.
wants to take just about 15, 20 seconds right now. And I, I want you just to ponder in your own heart, in your own mind, how you're going to make the reality of Jesus' death and his crucifixion real in your home this Christmas. Please don't just go through the Christmas motions of Santa Claus and Christmas trees and missing out on the reality of why Jesus came. I want you to ponder what you're going to do because I, my action call right now is to figure out how you're going to rejoice in what Jesus did for you in your own home. Make your home a sanctuary. Make your home a place where God is worshiped and God is praised. Take just a moment and consider how you're going to do that this Christmas, will you? Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.